pursue your higher purpose with passion. This is Pastor Mike Kramer of New Life Church, your home of positive faith, bringing you power for living. Come to the cross and find forgiveness. Get into His Word and you'll find strength for your soul. Tap into the love that God has given and you'll find power for Powerful Living is a positive faith ministry. We believe that a positive attitude in life is an expression of the positive faith which embraces a powerful truth that with God all things are possible. Pastor Mike Kramer is a founder of Powerful Living, senior pastor at New Life Church, and the author of the inspirational book, Power Moments. Tap into the love that God has given And you'll find power for living My friend, our subject today is passion for our higher purpose. But before I get started, let me just say thank you to the wonderful folks of Colville, Washington. Had the tremendous opportunity to preach at Grace Church there in Colville. Met so many wonderful people, many radio listeners to KCVL that were on every Sunday morning, 8 o'clock. I just want to say thank you for attending the service at uh, Grace Church. It was wonderful to meet you. We just wish the best for you. And thanks again for listening. God bless you. We love you. Passion for our higher purpose. My friend, believers in Christ are called to be followers of Christ. A disciple is a learner or a follower. The closest thing in our context today would be that of an apprentice. You know, an electrician or a bricklayer or plumber or carpenter, uh, the various trades, they usually go through an apprenticeship and then they get uh, sort of certified to do uh, what it is that they're doing. And, And that's the idea of a disciple. We're an apprentice. We learn under Jesus Christ and we learn to follow him and to the best of our ability to follow his teachings and walk in his steps, if you will. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Sheep are to follow the shepherd. And of course, Jesus Christ is the good shepherd who gave his life for his sheep. He's the great shepherd who watches over his sheep. And my friend, he's the chief shepherd who one day will return for his sheep. So followers of Christ, are called to obey the commands of Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. Obviously, all of the commands of Christ are important, but I think of three that ought to be just at the top of the list for all believers in Christ. I think of the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all things that I've commanded, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. The great commission or the great cause, that's the marching orders for the church in general and for believers in particular. Make disciples, it's one command. Make disciples, help people come to know Christ as Lord and Savior, and then follow the commands of Christ. Three participles, going, 
which implies helping people place their faith in Christ as we go, as God leads us in our walk with him. The people that we come into contact with, we ought to do the best that we can to introduce them to the Christian faith. Baptizing, that's the idea of our public identification with Christ. Of course, here at New Life, we baptize by immersion. Other folks use different modes. And uh, the most important thing is the public identification. The reason we use immersion, we believe it's the biblical uh, model, but also the best symbolic picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. When the believer goes into the water, it's a picture that Christ died and was buried for our sins. When the believer comes out of the water, it's a picture that Christ resurrected from the dead. Of course, it's also a picture of what Christ has done for the believer. When we go into the water, it's a picture that we have invited Christ into our life and sort of put the old way of life behind us. When we come out of the water, it's a picture that we've been raised to a new walk with life with Christ, new life in Christ. And then teaching. In other words, we learn the commands of Christ and we learn to follow Christ. So the Great Commission. Make disciples. The great commandment, Luke 10, 27. The scripture says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, our vertical passion for God should be revealed in our horizontal compassion for humanity. And of course, Jesus said that in those two concepts, all of the law and the prophets hinge on those things. You think about a door swinging on a hinge, and everything uh, sort of relates to that hinge. Well, that's the idea of all of the commandments hinge on that concept of loving God and loving others. And then, of course, the golden rule, Matthew 7, 12, to treat others the way we would want to be treated. I like to say that respect is like a boomerang. What we send out is oftentimes what is returned to us. Give respect and you will gain respect. So the overarching purpose of the life of a believer is to bring glory to God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, do all to the glory of God. The game plan for our life as a believer is to live out the will of God. And that's revealed in Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. That's why I call it passion for our higher purpose. The scripture says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh, my friend, the will of God for your life It's not only good for you, it's not only something you'll accept, it's perfect for you. God has a game plan designed just for you, and he has your best interest in mind. Some people approach the will of God with fear and trembling, as if God's out to make our life miserable. My friend, nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy But Christ came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. That abundant life, a life of meaning and fulfillment and satisfaction that is found in our walk with Jesus Christ 
as our Lord and Savior. Some people treat the will of God almost like a a spiritual game of Marco Polo. Perhaps you've heard children playing that in the pool or the lake or whatnot. Our grandchildren play it in our pool in our backyard in the summertime all the time. And the idea, someone is it, and they have to tag somebody else, and the person that's it has their eyes closed, at least they're supposed to, and then they'll shout Marco, and the group will then shout Polo, and they'll move in the direction of the voices that they hear and eventually tag somebody. Some people almost think the will of God is like that. It's almost like we're crying out, uh, God's will and God shouts back and you know as we sort of get closer he says you're getting warmer you're getting colder almost like a spiritual hide and seek if you will my friend that's not the case God has your best interest in your mind in your in his mind for you and he wants you to walk in the center of his will and he wants you to have a life of meaning and fulfillment and satisfaction that doesn't mean we'll never have challenges That doesn't mean we'll never have heartbreak. That doesn't mean we'll never have disappointment. I preached a message last Sunday evening at Grace Church entitled Grace in the Midst of Gethsemane. And I believe that every person, just like Jesus, faced the challenge of the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane and sweat like great drops of blood and three times prayed, if it's possible, oh, my Father, remove this cup from me. But he resigned himself to the will of God. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, is now seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. That joy was not the excruciating pain of the cross of Calvary. The joy was the outcome of the cross, which is the opportunity once he resurrected from the dead for people like you and me to come to know Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, and that's a gift that's offered to the entire human race. So the key in the will of God, even during times of adversity, hardship, pain, and suffering, look for the purpose behind the pain. Too often we want to run away from pain. Well, my friend, we embrace it when we look for the purpose on how God will use the adversities, challenges, hardships, painful experiences of our life to help us reveal our faith in Christ. We walk with the Lord and we build a bridge of connection to others that are facing similar adversities and God gives our pain, our suffering and challenges as a platform for the gospel. Now, that's not the only platform. God also uses our blessings and joys and wonderful experiences that come into our life as a platform as well. But my friend, God's will is best for you. So pursue your passion, your higher purpose with great passion. You know, some people think that the will of God is only for pastors and missionaries. My friend, God has a will for each and every one of us. Some make the mistake that if we miss it, we can never recapture it. That's not true either. It's not one and done. Wherever you are, surrender your life to Christ. Invite Christ into your life as your personal Lord and Savior, believing that he died and rose again for our sins. Then by faith, the Bible calls it calling on the name of the Lord. And then pursue your higher purpose with passion. Say, Lord, lead me in the center of your will. That leads us to the first thought. Salvation in Christ ignites our passion for our higher purpose. Verse 1, brethren. 
you know, believers in Christ are referred to as brethren. He says, I beseech you, I urge you. And then he says, therefore. Now, one of the things we teach here at New Life, and I teach it on the radio as well, whenever you find a therefore in Scripture, my friend, you ask yourself, what is it there for? And it's referring to the immediate context where the Apostle Paul in chapters 9, 10, and 11 has laid out the sovereignty of God, the free will of humanity, and then in chapter 9 is the sovereign hand of God, chapter 10 is the free will of humanity, chapter 11 is the Apostle Paul throwing up his hands and saying, oh, the depths and riches and wisdom of God, who has been his counselor, who has known the mind of the Lord. My friend, we just throw up our hands and say some things are beyond our comprehension. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And we just come in humble faith and trust how God works those two truths together. So the immediate context, he's shifting now because of the sovereign hand of God in our life. We should be surrendered to his will. But it starts with salvation. Of course, chapter 5 and verse 1 is another, therefore. The first one is 3.20, therefore by the uh, deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Chapters 1 through 3, the Apostle Paul lays out the sin of humanity and our need of a Savior. Chapter 5 is a second, therefore, he says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We exercise our faith in Christ, and that's how we come to know him. We don't earn our salvation, we receive it by faith. And then the good news, chapter 8, verse 1, there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right now, present possession. God is not out to condemn you, my friend. He wants to equip you with faith in Christ and then how to live for Christ. And then we come to chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. In other words, he wants us as believers in Jesus Christ. That's the idea of salvation in Christ to embrace his will, to pursue our higher passion with great purpose and our higher purpose with great passion. Oh, my friend, put your faith in Christ and God will bless your life and then pursue your higher purpose with great passion. He'll lead you through his word and we'll pick it up next week. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace in your heart and power for living. Amen.